Travis Barrett joining us here on the B-List. And Travis, I've noticed you've been on the, the girls' basketball beat over the last few days. So what's going on in your coverage area there for CentralMaine.com in terms of girls' basketball right now? Well, I think the probably the biggest thing, and I think we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think, um, you know, we've got two undefeated teams still in Skowhegan. And Skowhegan's now, they beat, um, they went, they were at home, but they beat Hamden Academy last night. Um, that's the second time they've beaten them this year. That's the defending regional champion, Hamden. Um, another a team that I think everybody thought was at the list of favorites again. And Skowhegan's beaten them twice, and they're 13-0. and They're off to a great start, and I think, you know, on the flip side, uh, Waterville girls in Class B North, they are also unbeaten. They're 13-0, and and I don't know that um, that many people would have would have predicted that. I think they were expected to be better this year, but the fact that they are also unbeaten, um, and they had beaten uh, MCI um, at home by just four points in the second game of the season, and yesterday they just ran MCI off the court. So um, they're really starting to play even better. Um, so we got two undefeated teams, and one in Class A and one in Class B. I think right now, um, those are kind of for me. Those are those are probably two of the biggest stories we've got going on. So what's what's making Waterville at thirteen and zero so good this season? What's 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 uh, who are some of their key players? Who's really making the biggest impact? Well, I think Sadie Garling. Uh, she's a junior now, and I think what she's kind of developed into. Um, she's always been a tremendous athlete. I remember. Um, her freshman year, she scored a goal late in a soccer uh, regional semifinal at Herman. Herman was hev- was um, oh, they were heavily favored, but you know that was kind of in that middle of those real powerhouse Waterville girls soccer team. She was a freshman. She scored a goal late for a one nothing win for Waterville to put them in a regional final. They ended up going to the state championship that season. Um, she's always been a tremendous athlete, but I think the thing this year that's really changed is she's become a true scorer. She's got range with her jump shot. I think she hit four three-pointers yesterday. She can kind of shoot the ball from anywhere, but I think, you know, if we're going to really give Waterville credit, I think what they've done is they have just figured out how to defend the entire floor, and they do it for 32 minutes. Um, and I think a lot of teams like full-court pressure. I think it's harder for teams, boys and girls, it's, you know, it's, I'm not, we're not um, you know, picking sides here. I just think it's hard for teams to keep up that kind of pace, but Waterville, they've got athletes, and those girls can run. And I thought one of the things that was amazing in watching them is that they pressure, pressure, pressure. They forced uh, MCI into more than 30 turnovers yesterday. But what happens is even when you when your guards in the front court are able to kind of break that first wave of pressure, it feels like all five Waterville players are back behind the ball almost immediately. And I think that's why they're so good. They've got a little bit of height, and they've got some, some some big girls who can shoot the ball from outside as well, so they can stretch the floor in a lot of ways, both offensively and defensively. I think that's the key for them more than um, more than any one player, for sure. Well, I noticed the other undefeated team in Class B North is Herman, and they don't play each other during the regular season. I don't know what you've heard about Herman or if you've seen them at all in terms of how those two teams might uh, match up in the playoffs or anything like that. No, I haven't seen them. You know, and, and Herman, um, they kind of, especially here in Central Maine, they fall into that category of, you know, the Kennebec Valley Athletic Conference. We kind of watch those teams butt heads, you know, week after week after week um, in every sport. And then it, whenever we get to tournament time, that's when we start seeing those teams from the Bangor area. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start seeing the Hermans and, and the John Babs and, um, you know, Brewer. It, Brewer and Bangor are both KVAC teams, obviously, but... Um, we start seeing some of those smaller schools, not until tournament time, but um, I think Herman, you know, I get, it's funny because we were just talking about having athletes. I think 
one thing about Herman and girls sports is whether it's soccer, whether it's basketball, they always, you know what you can expect. You know, they're, they're going to play, they're going to play a fast pace. They're going to play, um, they're going to play really hard. They're going to be loaded with athletes and they're going to make it, they're going to be a really tough out for anybody, no matter where they come in seated. So, um, I'm not surprised. I haven't seen them yet, but it doesn't really surprise me either. Knowing what we know about, um, you know, their athletic programs up there. So for Skowhegan, fifty-one to twenty-seven over Handum Academy. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. goodness, is there any? There's, there does not appear to be anyone in Class A North who can even compete with Skowhegan right now. I mean, what are your thoughts on uh, who who who's making that that team kind of go in terms of their success? Well, I think you know what's what's crazy about Skowhegan is that um, last year they were a missed three-pointer um, at the end of regulation away from knocking off Mesolonsky, Um in a tournament game, and, and I'm pre- I, I believe my memory. You know, I'm old, so I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think that was a regional semifinal because the final ended up being Mesolonsky and Hampton. See, I, I can't remember some stuff. Um, but anyway, they they um, were really known as a guard team, a team that wanted to run, run, run again, use their athletes, pressure the ball, pressure the ball. Games would get chaotic, and they kind of liked it. And uh, last week I saw them play Gardner, and one of the things that just absolutely blew me away was how patient they were with the ball. Um, they won the opening tip, and they had the ball for a minute and a half um, before they found the shot they wanted, and it went in. Um, and they ended up you know, opening the game with a 15-0 run. They sped things up a little bit as it went, but um, you know, Mike LeBlanc, their head coach, talked about you know, they've really concentrated you know, as the season's grown on here and this undefeated streak has has grown on valuing the ball more, valuing possession, because I think they realize what they have. You know, first of all, they've got Annie Cook in the middle, and though she's not, you know, by, you know, Bailey Donovan's standards at Hampton, she's not, you know, a six-foot-four-inch presence down low, but she plays big. I I thought one of the stats that that jumped out at me yesterday was that Cook had 17 points, um, against Hamden, she scored 11 at the foul line. That means they're getting the ball inside and she's going to the basket and gets fouled. She's not afraid to do that. And I think that's big um, because that opens up um, players like um, Sydney Ames and um, Mariah Dunbar to start hitting outside shots. And, and they just, just most nights they've got that inside-outside game going. I know the Gardner coach, Mike Gray, after he played them, he said they're just a tough matchup because you can't – if you focus on what's going on in the paint with Andy Cook um, – then they're going to kick it out, and they've got shooters. And then if you focus on, you know, um, you know, guarding that perimeter and making sure that they can't shoot, then they just kind of find a way to dump it inside to players like Cook. So you kind of have to pick your poison with them. And I don't think, obviously, in high school basketball, there's not a lot of teams that can defend everything all at once. And, and I think Scalhegan makes you pay no matter what you do. They've also got a tremendous freshman in, in J.C. Christopher coming off the bench. Mm. Who just, um, she's, she's tall and can shoot. So, again, you know, You've got um, you've got options with her. It's um, pretty amazing. So I think I don't know if it were me, I'd say you're going to have to beat Hampton if you want. I mean, you're going to have to beat Skowhegan if you want to go play uh, for a state championship this year. Because at least right now, you know, what are we two thirds of the way through the season, um, or three quarters of the way through the season? Um, nobody's been able to play with Skowhegan. They just seem to have their way with everybody. Just they've beaten up on Mesolonsky a couple times. They've beaten up on Hampton a couple times. They've um, you know, they've beaten up on Gardner, and, and these are these are good teams. These are teams when you look at the Hill Point standings. You know, they're all tournament bound teams. Um, I think one team, you know, just to kind of carry a conversation to the next point. I think if there's any team out there that might surprise, mm-hmm. I think I think Lawrence um, 
could be that team. They, they're a team that's very heavily guard-oriented. They don't have any size. Uh, but when that team is making shots, they, they can play with anybody. And I, they've beaten Mesolonsky twice this year now. And I, I think um, – I don't know that I would pick them as a favorite, but I would certainly take them as a sleeper. If I was doing an office pool, I might pick <laughs> Lawrence as a sleeper because I just feel like, you know, for you know the way the tournament is, you know, it's it's basically a week, three games in that Civic Center, and if you can get on a roll and and, and score some points, which Lawrence can do, you know, with regularity. I mean, they've had some off nights, but if they're on, they could, they could be a tough out for a lot of teams. So looking at uh, boys ice hockey here, I see Waterville Winslow had their game yesterday postponed. They were supposed yeah. to host Presque Isle, but then they are playing this Saturday uh, at Gardner's. Are you going to be covering that one? I, I imagine so, right? I don't. Yeah, you know it's funny. I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. We're still kind of working out there. We've got a bunch of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. We're at that time of year where it's um, a lot of it is is. Uh, is juggling some moving pieces. We also there's also Colby Bowden hockey that night. Ah, uh, I see. Rivalry, right? Yeah. Uh, there's uh, regional cheering championships on Saturday. It's kind of we're coming down to the end here, which um, it always gets crazy when you get late in January. But yeah. I think that'll be a really interesting game because I do think. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I think that Waterville Winslow team is pretty good. Um, they found some depth. I think one thing that they're missing is probably some top-end speed. They're not a very fast team. They're a deep team. They can play physical, and they play pretty smart. They've got some versatility in their lineup. Um, Gardner will play at a much quicker pace, and Gardner's not afraid of the physical play. So I think that's a game that um, potentially um, could be really interesting in terms of what the, what the result is. Is it, is it Waterville Winslow's ability to – play a disciplined game and kind of roll at you with three lines and not give up much? Or is Gardner's kind of, um, you know, speed and brute force going to be a little bit too much for, um, you know, Gardner to handle and I, or for Waterville to handle it? But I also think if I had to pick, you know, if I had to give a goaltending edge, I think Waterville Winslow is a little better off with Ben Grenier and Nat. He's a senior. He's been playing really well. Um, and they don't give up a lot in front of him. So, I don't know. I I, I I would hate to pick one of those. I, I yeah. know Gardner's in the middle of a brutal stretch. You know they've got they've got Bangor and they've got Waterville Winslow and they've just um have got some heavy hitters down south too. I know they lost to Greeley last night. That's a really good Greeley team. Um, so I think you know the other that could, timing could be tough for Gardner too because they're going to be uh, you know if not beat up physically certainly uh, mentally that's a, this is a tough grind for them. So I think it's going to be a tough test for them. Did Prescott just not want to make the trip yesterday to Waterville? <laughs> Is that what it was? Well, yeah, I think, yeah. I think honestly, I know that um, in talking to those guys at the end of last week, they were already talking with that storm about that game. Yeah. They were hoping they might be able to move it later in the day. My guess is it probably just didn't work out. Because um, that's, that's a long trip, obviously, for Prescott. Um, and they had to make that call pretty early in the morning. I'm guessing things are still pretty messy up north um, when they had to finally pull the plug on that. So, um I mean, it was still kind of gross driving around at, at times yesterday. So I guess I don't really blame uh, yeah. Kyle for that one. Well, we were talking about the Hall of Fame going to professional uh, Major League Baseball here. We were talking about the Hall of Fame earlier. The announcements are tonight. Um, I know you're you're a Red Sox guy, but uh, w- obviously, would you if you had a vote, would you vote for Rivera also? <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my word! Yeah. I think it, it, I think it's crazy that there's even talk that you that you would not vote for him. I right. Bill Bellew is um, he's generated a lot of interest there with his whole, like, I'll never vote for a closer because it's like a, a kicker in football. First of all, it's not anything like a kicker. <laughs> um, 
I always joke, yeah, Rivera was a one-trick pony, but, man, he did that one trick. That was really impressive. People keep saying <laughs> to see it. So. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know how you can't vote for Mariano Rivera. And, you know, look, Red Sox fans should definitely want him in the Hall of Fame because he was a key reason they came back in 2004. So. <laughs> the series. No, but I think, uh, to me, that's a no-brainer. It, that's a – if, if um, you know, Griffey wasn't a 100%, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, um, I think Rivera is your best chance. He just he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal, and he was all class. And he was a guy that you know on that list of Yankees that you didn't hate. He was one of them. You know, he just he was he was unhittable. He was unhittable. You knew what was coming, and he was unhittable. I think I think of Pedro Martinez and that changeup when he was really on. When Pedro was really in his prime, he could tell you what was coming, where he's going to throw it, and you still couldn't hit it. And everybody knew what Rivera was going to throw every single pitch, and you still couldn't hit it. So what does that tell you? Well, you know who could hit him? Edgar Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell he's from Seattle? I'm from Seattle. Wow. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I think he's finally going to get in. Would you vote for him? I mean, DH, but a great one, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't – it's funny. I don't fall – I do think he should be in. Um, yeah. And, and I, I've never, I've never understood the argument of well, a guy is only a DH. Well, in the modern game, it's a position on the field. In fact, I think the National League should have a DH. So, mm, like, yeah. To me, if, if you're that good, um, you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he did what he was asked to do. His manager penciled him in as a DH every day. That's what he was asked to do. Uh, to me, there's, there's, it, it's, it's insane that. Um, He's not in it. This is his tenth. Is this his tenth year? This is his last shot. It's his last shot. That's crazy that it's been ten years. Yeah, it is crazy. That's nuts. (laughs) He should be in. He should be in. There's no reason he shouldn't be in. I mean, that's like saying should David Ortiz not be in because he was only a DH. I mean, uh, I I don't understand how you can make that argument. Right. Yeah. For sure. It doesn't pass the smell test to keep guys like that out. (laughs) Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very excited that the public ballots favor him heavily, so it should be a good night tonight, hopefully. so Making this <laughs> well, whole day. Yeah, I, he should be in. He yeah. should be in. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned there's a ton of stuff going on. But any articles planned in the near future here on CentralMaine.com we can look, look out for? Well, I know. we got some girls' basketball notes coming up tomorrow. We've mm-hmm. got some uh, hockey stuff later this week. We've got uh, a little something in the works. Um up in Madison on Thursday night, so I'm sworn to secrecy. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah, so I think, uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's basically, like, you know, tracking everything down as fast as you can and, uh, you know, praying for tournament we could get here so we can play some real games. <laughs> there you go. Travis Barrett, centralmain.com. Follow him on Twitter at TBarrettGWC. Travis, thanks so much for joining us as usual here on the B-List. Appreciate it. Well, well, thanks for having me, and I just I would like to point out that my Twitter feed is uh, that's your landing spot for true Patriots hatred. So if you need some, don't mind it. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. Yep. yeah we'll, we'll take care. We'll, we'll have plenty of time for that in the week of the Super Bowl, I'm sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> Travis, thanks again. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for having me.